Uh, maybe you were here last week and uh, we're here for my uh, introduction to the message on change. Um, change for good was uh, what I was uh, considering titling the message, but, uh, but it's supernatural change is what it boils down to. Uh, so, so this is a change that uh, we all desire. We all desire, of course, uh, to go from uh, one place to the next place, to go from glory to glory in the image of the Son of the living God. And I had uh, mentioned briefly in recap uh, that uh, we all immediately were changed. There's three parts to our being. Uh, we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. And so we know that, uh, that we can be preserved blameless from uh, Thessalonians, uh, that we can be preserved blameless, spirit, soul, and body. That must mean there are three different areas of our life that can be preserved. Isn't that right? And uh, uh, we go back to uh, the book of beginnings in Genesis uh, chapter 2. Uh, we see there, and I'm just going to read it briefly. And the Lord God, this is chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. It says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. In the footnotes it says literally, Dying you shall die. And this is the Hebrew, dying you shall die. So dying spiritually you shall die physically. Okay, We know that on the day that he ate thereof, he didn't die physically, he lived uh, a long time, over 900 years. Isn't that right? And so, so we know that he must have died some different way, but in dying spiritually, it caused death to come into his body. And incidentally, spiritual death affected humanity so bad that it, it destroyed our thought processes as well. Okay? So, so we get born again. In other words, Jesus came and, and, and uh, he himself said in John chapter 3 that unless a man is born again, he shall not see the kingdom of God. Isn't that right? So being born again actually could be translated re-fathered from above. So when, you, when Adam sinned, he changed father. Satan became his father. And uh, then, then that meant that their kids, all their kids, also had Satan as a father. Y'all with me? Okay, so, so he, Jesus comes and he says, you must be born again or re-fathered from above. And so when you got born again, guess what? You exchanged fathers and God became your father. Isn't that right? But that was immediate. Just like death immediately hit Adam, life immediately hit you. You were born again. Now you are all a brand new creature, brand new person. All this was done immediately. Everybody say immediately. So you cannot become more righteous spiritually than you are because he exchanged uh, his life uh, for, for, excuse, we exchanged our life for his life and his life is perfect. It's righteous. So he who knew no sin was made to be sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Isn't that right? So here we all are all righteous. So I'm trying to get to back to uh, where we can pick back up. And so, so, so there's nothing really changing per se about you spiritually because you are born again, brand new, seated at the right hand of God in heavenly places. You look just like Jesus. I'm telling you, you stand next to him like this is my brother. And if we could see in the spirit, we could say, I can tell. I can tell he's your brother. I can tell because of the life that's in him is in you. 
And, and so we have that life in us. It's Zoe life. The same life that God has in him, you have in you. He who has the son has life. Amen? Amen. Okay, so when I'm talking about change, um, understand the element of your being that we're dealing with um, is, is the uh, soul, okay? And, and, and so um, in uh, 1 John 1, 9, it says that, that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So there's this deal in between your ears that is the challenge. This is the thing that did not get born again immediately. There was nothing immediate that happened. I mean, I, I shouldn't say that. I mean, there were some things that obviously I started thinking differently, immediately started thinking differently. But I mean, I had a long way to go. Because I was doing a lot of things. I, I mentioned last week that, that when I got born again and, and the first time I cussed, uh, you know, it, it, something happened here. It was a scratchy thing in, inside me. When I cussed, I was like, oh, what was that? I'm learning about the Holy Spirit and how to follow the Holy Ghost. He's like, oh, that's not what God wants me to do. I knew immediately. Holy Spirit, help me. And again, I have to say this. When I'm talking like this, there is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You understand? I might add the rest of it, who walk not after the flesh. But after the Spirit, I have to add the rest of that verse. Many people will say the first part. But listen, if you don't want to live in condemnation, quit living in sin. Quit living in the flesh. That's the Holy Spirit's helping us. And I, I, so I blap out there a, you know, a colorful metaphor, you know, on, and, and the Holy Spirit deals with me. And I was like, okay. And therefore, I just decided that's not how I'm going to talk anymore. And so Holy Spirit deals with all these different areas of our lives. I'm not judging anyone in the room. I'm just telling you, follow this. Because he's wanting to change us. He's constantly wanting to change us. Because if he can change us, we can be more blessed. We can be more effective. We can be more fruitful. We're changing. And don't compare yourself to other people because that falls short. And just because I'm, I'm doing this, maybe what would seem a little better than others around me, that is not the standard. God is the standard. Can I talk about change? I stirred up some mud last week. Woo! Lord Jesus, I got calls. Because nobody listened to me. I said, if you are now, right now, considering how your spouse should be changing and should be hearing this message, you've missed the whole message. I'm talking to you. Serious, God has, 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 has it, when we live like this, knowing how much, we are experts on how everybody else should change. Experts. We see the areas of their life that's a problem. Well, listen, if you see people and, have, and their problems, pray for them, please. Say, Father, I thank you for taking their heart. Turn it whichever way you will. Cause them to do what you want them to do. Pray for them. But I learned, you know, praying for my wife. God, you need to fix her. She's messed up. That conversation doesn't even get to the end before God is showing me something in my life I need to fix. So I'd rather get it as he wants it to come as opposed to, you know, 
doing that, bringing something into my face I didn't really need to deal with that day. But as soon as you start judging, guess what? Judge not lest it's coming back. Yeah. Those are, he's like, uh, you're pointing at people, and there's three more fingers pointing back at you. Man, we can't even get through the, the intro again. Here we are. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so, in Genesis, in Genesis, it said that in, in dying you shall die. We already know this. Message says, don't eat from it, for the moment you eat from that tree, you're dead. Oh, glory to God. I like to say I'm dead. When the flesh starts coming up, how many say that? I've died. My life is saved with Christ and God. I have died. I've died. That cannot control me anymore because I'm dead. Amen? Hallelujah. And Romans 5.12 says, um, uh, in, uh, in the New King James, it says, Therefore, just as, as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all have sinned. Praise God. So this is, this is a plight for all humanity. When you got born again, you broke out of that plight. You broke out of that curse. You became a brand new person. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Then last week we found out that we are all growing. Isn't that right? I, I, I quoted that we're tender plants, but I wanted to give you the scripture. Psalm 92, um, and this is 12 through 13. This is the English Standard Version. I really like this. It says, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. So we're like tender plants. Uh, Psalm 52, 8, New King James says, but I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. Amen. Glory to God. So, so last week, I'm still picking up really quick here, John 15, 1. He said, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. We found out that um, husbandman actually means gardener or vine dresser or farmer. Um, and uh, tiller of the soil. So, so here we are, tender plants. He's the, he's the gardener. He's, he's all in the process. Again, I will remind you, as we said, that it's your soul, your mind, will, and emotions that we're dealing with. Because spiritually, you cool, man. That we have all that is needed that pertains to life and godliness. But there is a problem. Because if your soul doesn't prosper, you get stuck. Has anybody ever met someone with soul troubles? I bet you looked at them in the mirror. As together as you think you are. I know that, see, pastor will be back next week, I promise. Is it okay if I speak clearly? Can I challenge us? Can we face this difficulty, this challenge? We have to face it. We have to understand this is what needs to happen for us to go forward with God. That our soul, our mind, will, and emotions must be changed. God help us, amen? And he does. It says, in your patience, possess ye your soul. Mm-mm-mm. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What? what? I thought I was saved. Yeah, you are saved. You're being saved and you will be saved. I talked about that last week. We're talking about spirit, soul, and body. 
You are saved spiritually. You're being saved in your soul, mind, will, and emotions, and you will be saved. Your body will receive a glorified body one day. Amen? Amen. And we talked about the body just briefly. Yep, yep. It's, uh, bodily exercise does a little bit good, but, uh, you know, eternal things are going to be a lot more effective and more powerful. But, you know, we should take care of this thing. Isn't that right? It is our earth suit. You put oil in your car. You put gas in your car. You get your car worked on. Amen. Work on your car sometimes. Praise the Lord. Take care of your car, your earth suit. So we're back to your soul. Oof. Wow, I'm just trying to get in here and get this done. Praise God. Hallelujah to Jesus. And I will uh, remind you that um, um, in, uh, in John chapter 15, 2, it says, Any branch in me that does not bear fruit, that stops bearing fruit, he cuts away, trims off, takes away, and he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit to make it bear more and richer and more excellent fruit. Glory to God. Everybody say, More, more. and richer and more excellent fruit. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And uh, so we know, um, as I had mentioned, uh, Smith Wigglesworth, he said, any man can be changed by faith, no matter how he may be fettered. What is he talking about? He's talking about your soul. Obviously, you're immediately changed. You've been born again. So we can be changed, but it is a process. It is a supernatural process, just so you know. Uh, there's a lot of self-help things, a lot of, uh, you know, and I, I believe in, and we talked about CR, you know, celebrate recovery, helping people with process to come out of things that have held on to them. Um, uh, what are they working on? Their soul. Y'all with me? But unless it's tied to God. That's why prisons um, are an evolving door. They get out, they get in. They get out, they get in. They get out, they get in. Because they don't connect themselves to God. They might have pretended like they did. But if they didn't, we'll see you back at the yard. Y'all with me? And so we want to we not keep repeating. We don't want to keep going around the same mountain. How many don't want to go around the same mountain? Amen. It, it, the scenery is the same. Same animals, same trees, same rocks. Right? I've cried out to God for that. Lord, I don't want to keep going around the same mountain. I don't want to be where I'm not supposed to be. I want to go forward. I want to rise above. I want to overcome. I want to be changed. It's scary to me that I would go on my whole life and not be changed. I want to be changed. I want to be better at everything. I want to do better. I want to do people better. I want to, to treat my wife better. I want to uh, be the, the, the dad, the grandpa that I am supposed to be. I want to do all that he has for me to do to reach the world and change the world. But listen, if you don't treat your own wife or spouse right, what in the world? And it's not easy. It's, 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 it's not, I told you, change isn't that fun, you know. There's a little suffering involved when you're dying to yourself. You're like, oh, God. Who help me, Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. It gets real quiet in this Holy Ghost place, I tell you. We spoke about abiding. 
definition, accept or act in accordance with a rule, decision, or recommendation. Has to do with that connection with God's word. The synonyms for abide are comply with, obey, observe, follow, keep to, hold to, conform to, adhere to, stick to, stand by, act in accordance with, uphold, heed, accept, go along with, acknowledge, respect, defer to. Y'all get the point. So the word, the word is the litmus test of our life. What does the word say? How do I align with it? And we could just boil it all down to uh, the love walk if you really want to simplify. How is uh, the way you're acting aligned with love? And that is where it gets real hard, painful sometimes. Because that's the flesh wants to do something, your mind wants to do something, and your spirit wants to do something. And many times they're in conflict. You know, flesh wants to fight or flight. Mind just wants to argue, and, and because of pride, you want to have your want to show how right you are. Your spirit just wants to walk in love. Amen. What is the best for this person in front of me? Is that the way we walk? Is that the way we live? Praise the Lord! Hallelujah. And just because you've been married for 50 years does not mean that you both have been doing this correctly. Maybe one of you have. I don't know. I've seen that growing up as a kid. I saw, wow, she is an amazing human being to still be with this man. (laughs) It was a phenomenon to me. I was like, wow. They said, oh, we have a great marriage. No, you have a great marriage. And so we have to ask, is someone not having fun? I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going to cause more dirt, get more calls. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Is it okay to tell the truth? Yeah. Praise the Lord. And it, it doesn't happen overnight. And everybody has to be of their best behavior. Everybody. Everybody. Remember, we think off the opposite side of our brain, you know. If you're a man, you think out of the right side. Girls left, I guess. And Venus, Mars. We got all this going on. I know by doing years of marriage counseling, God has a sense of humor. (laughs) And the main point is walking in love. That's all I can say. And I've seen people do it way better than I thought I would ever be possible because the grace of God was on them to do it. To forgive. I sit on the other side of the desk, talk to them, and I'm thinking, you're an amazing human being. You're a better human being than I am. You're a better Christian than I am. Because I don't need the grace to forgive her or him. They do. And they have it. And they're doing it. And I'm able to to give testimony of some whoo, situations of life that people have overcome Amen. and they have amazing marriages because he who is forgiven much loves much. Amen. It doesn't just apply to God. We're talking about change. Maybe I can get to point two before we're done today. 
We shared um, point one is uh, God, God's ultimate goal was that humanity would be changed on every level. And we shared that 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Now may, may the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through. That is, separate you from profane and vulgar things, making you pure and whole and undamaged, consecrated to him, set apart for his purpose. And may your spirit and soul and body be complete and be found blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Point number two. We were instantly changed, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creation altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. For our sake, he made, he made Christ virtually to be sin who knew no sin, so that in and through him we might become endued with, viewed as being, and examples of the righteousness of God, what we ought to be approved and acceptable and in right relationship with him by his goodness. That was Amplified Classic. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So God changed our nature so that we could live from there. Y'all understand? He changed your nature so that we could live from there. So really, honestly, um, people, um, Christians, will say, I'm just a sinner saved by grace as an excuse, as a credit card for sin. That is not what God intended, y'all, that you could act the same way you acted before or some smaller measure of what you used to be, that you're accept- it's acceptable acceptable ignorance, acceptable doing dirty because you were dirtier before. Now you live a a lower level of dirty. Is it okay if I speak plainly today? And, And you become comfortable with the level of dirty that you're living because it's not what you were before. And that's good that you are not as dirty as you used to be. The thing about it is, is that your spirit was made clean and washed by the blood so you would live from there and live free from dirty. And listen, if you fall down and get dirty, wash up. And that's thank God for the blood. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It with intent to not get dirty. Not to do dirty or get dirty. And I understand that there are many people that do things of that nature and they seem like decent people and seem like things are okay, but it's never okay to not make the adjustments that God is requiring of you at any given stage of your life. I can't tell you what that is for you. But I can tell you that if you don't make the adjustments, it will affect your life, your marriage, your children, your family. I tell you, a great example for children is if they saw what what dad used to be and see what dad is today. Look at the change and look how he's changing. Because if you keep changing, they think there is a God. There is a God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So I'm not judging. I'm not trying to make you feel condemned. Nobody, please don't leave here feeling condemned. Now you can just wash up in the blood and get rid of that and just set your face towards change. 
Praise the Lord. And nagging is not the way it comes. Dear Lord, Jesus. We should probably just sing a song right now, Minister Floyd. What do you think? Just sing a song. <laughs> think, oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, you're not listening to me. <laughs> oh. God, help us, right? Hallelujah. When Caitlin and I were dating, that was our theme song, believe it or not. Dear Jesus, I came out of the world and was crazy and knew I was crazy and knew I needed to get married, you know, for all, you know, the reasons you're th thinking about right now. Yes. <laughs> Told the Lord, you know, when I meet her, I got to marry her real quick. <laughs> so, man, we'd get together. We're like, oh, the blood. Oh, jeez, you know, <laughs> I got to go, <laughs> you know, <laughs> praise God, <laughs> praise the Lord Jesus. So God changed us and now we're being changed. Point number three is we are changing how we talk. James 1.26 says, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and the religion is worthless. I'm just, we don't bring up this stuff much, you know, we're not, you know, we just tell you who you are in Christ. We tell you what you have in Christ. We tell you a lot of different things. I'm just challenging you. Is that okay? Yeah. So it's not okay, okay just to say whatever you want to say. Colossians 3.8 says, But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. So he changes how we talk. 1 Peter 1.14-16, this is King James, says, As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he, as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Now, if God said, be holy as I am holy, but you can't do it, why would he even say it? He's saying, be holy as I am holy. Well, we are. We are holy. We have his life in us. Yes. But he's talking about your conversation. Actually, the word conversation is tied to both your lifestyle and your speaking. Amen. In fact, translators go back and forth. You go different translations. You find they'll say conversation. In fact, the, this is the King James, New King James says um, your conduct. So how we live and talk, these are important. Number four is we are changing the way we walk. Ephesians 4.17 says, This I say, therefore, and we're going to go through 24, 17 through 24. This is New King James. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their what? What does it say? Minds. Everybody say mind. So apparently there's a part of our mind that's futile. <laughs> that we can't walk in there. We can't be 
rolling from that place anymore. We've got to roll from here. The inside. We've got to walk in the spirit. We've got to not live uh, the dictates of your mind. Guess what? You might be wrong concerning some things. We have to leave that space for God that you might be wrong about some stuff. Right? Unless your name is Elohim, you have to leave that humility, that, that area that I could be wrong concerning a couple things. And allow God to bring about the change in your mind that your mind gets renewed to the mind of Christ. And there's a part of your mind that is futile. That means it's, it's, it's actually not in agreement with God. And I know that you've kind of, you know, and this is a gradual thing, that we begin to grow and begin to mature and begin to change, and that's what change is doing. We're growing and flourishing and thriving, and therefore fruit begins to be bore because of those changes. And you become more fruitful the more changing you do. Hallelujah. Verse 18 Having their understanding dark, excuse me, I'll just say the futility of their mind, that's how the Gentiles walk. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all in cleanness with greediness, but you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Praise God. We are to set our sails towards change. Set our sails towards change. Praise God. And there's so many, you know, the different personalities in the room. And we have in the room, there's those people who call themselves perfectionists. And that's great. And we are so thankful for perfectionists because those of us who don't care about the details, we need you to care. But that doesn't mean that I'm broken, neither does it mean you're broken, but it does mean we both are going to have to find out how God wants us to live and act in our personalities. And just so you've made it a priority to be on time and others haven't, doesn't mean that they're broken and messed up and can't be used of God. It just God has to use them late. At this stage of their life, I'm not making excuses for being late. In fact, you shouldn't be late. It's funny how people can be on time for one thing and not another. But I'm just saying, so, so perfectionists, um, uh, you know, we need to pray for them because they're tormented by imperfections. And then other people are tormented if people don't love them. And then you got dominant personalities that, that, that they don't need nobody. Strong, I'm just me, I'm cool, get over it. You know, great leaders, don't need no friends. Just get the job done, the task at hand is what's important. All these different, we could go on, there's so many and mixtures of them. And, 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 and so we are called to live together, walk together in a way God would have us to do so. Jesus was the prototype. He was the perfect balance of all personality. And he says that we are able to walk in his mind. And perceive and walk together out from his mind. Living from the spirit. Living and walking in the spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 
Point number five. We are changing what we wear, therefore how we look to others. We are changing what we wear, therefore how we look to others. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 through 24, and this happens to be the New Living Translation. It says, throw off your old sinful nature, your former way of life. It's like a cast off garment. You throw off that other life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Literally, literally, to live in that arena is living in deception. Y'all with me? You're not walking in reality. You're walking in deception, but it's a reality that you've chosen to walk in if you're walking in that way. And God wants to bring us out. We're going to have to cast it off. Wait, no, that's not how God thinks. I need to cast it off. We need to cast it off. God wants us to live a different way. God wants to, to, to do things that, uh, differently than the world does. It's the bottom line. And, and, and so we don't respond like them. We don't walk like them. We don't talk like them. In verse 23, it says, Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created by, to be like God, true and truly righteous and holy. Romans 13, 14, it says, But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Make no provision. Don't give the flesh any leash. You know, keep it on a leash, but a short one. So don't give it any slack. Keep it tight. Apostle Paul said, I keep my body under. Under subjection. To what? The word of God. Hallelujah. Body. No, your body wants all kinds of stuff. Wants to eat a second piece of cake. (laughs) Now, how many of you know when you eat a really good meal, you're thinking, I'm going to do that again. (laughs) I was just like, well, you know what that? I'm going to go back in for that. that. I don't even care if I'm full. I'm, I'm going to hurt myself tonight. You know? I'm going in, some barbecue, whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? Shrimp, you know, bowl shrimp, baked shrimp, whatever the shrimp is. Oh, my goodness. Just, whoa. We just, our body just wants to keep going. It wants to sleep in. wants to sleep for 12 hours, not just eight. You know? I don't know about you. I, I usually get around six, you know? And, uh, man, but if I can get a little extra, whoo, praise God. How many like sleeping? I love sleeping. My body, he's like, ooh, Lord Jesus. And you have a scripture for it. His gives his beloved sweet sleep. You're like, bro, it's noon. <laughs> you pass sweet at, at eight. <laughs> and so, glory to God. So, so we, have to, we have to start doing things differently and, and walking in, in the light of God's word and living in the spirit and not making provision for the flesh. Praise the Lord. The flesh wants to defend itself. The flesh. Isn't that right? And we can't, we can't even talk about some of the other things the flesh wants to do. You're married. I said you're married. It gets so quiet in this Holy Spirit-filled church, I'm telling you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah to Jesus. We should probably just stop and pray in tongues for a little bit. I'm not sure, but. (laughs) Hallelujah to Jesus. God is so good. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So we're changing what we wear and how we look. So we, we are um, in a, 
In Ephesians chapter 4, as I had read, instead let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes, put on your new nature, created to be like God, true righteousness and holiness. Romans 13, 14, as I have said, to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. So when you make provision, you're headed towards that thing. Do you understand? God is drawing us out of that tendency, drawing us out, drawing us out. I remember years ago, I heard a story of a pastor who was smoking cigarettes. I always have to say, no condemnation. Smoking cigarettes does not send you to hell, just so you know. Just make, you just smell like you've been there. That's all. <laughs> just saying, no condemnation. But apparently this pastor, he uh, was smoking, right? And he, he was trying to quit, trying to quit, and prayed, and cried out to God. And, and, uh, and he would see people get saved and just quit smoking, just like that. So a good friend of him, his, you know, gets saved, quits smoking, and he's really angry at God. He said, God, I've cried out to you to take these cigarettes from me. <laughs> and he said, the Lord told him, you smoke because you want to smoke. <laughs> and he went, oh. <laughs> you're right. Oh, yeah, you have to tell God you're right. Of course he's right. <laughs> And apparently he finally decided to choose not to smoke. So if there's an area of your life that you think God hasn't delivered you yet from, it's probably because that's what you want to do. Y'all with me? It applies to a lot of things. And you say, well, I have a, a challenge in my mind. And that's, that's what we work at. We work at to find the area of your life that caused this action. And see if we can bring healing there to that brokenness in your life. Do y'all with me? And, and God will help you with all of your brokenness, all of your bruises. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I used to smoke weed every single day. The time I was of sophomore in high school until I got saved at 19 years old. I went to school high every day. That's right. And uh, so I understand, I know what it's like to be delivered from something because I love me some weed. I love the weed, I'm telling you. Mm-mm. And uh, I was the student body president of my high school in that condition. And the slogan was, uh, get the red out of your high school, vote for Visine Visser. That's my last name, Visser. And uh, you want to talk about stupid. I was stuck on it. And I won. And I was the student body president of high school. The next year... They made changes to that high school that they said they would never allow to happen again. I'm not sure why, but uh, anyways, think about it. (laughs) Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. (laughs) So let's let's just finish up point five and we'll we'll let you go. Ephesians chapter six and verse eleven says, Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So we need to 
clothe ourselves differently now that we are children of God, people of God, that we dress ourselves and conduct ourselves in so much that people actually who come in contact with us can tell that there is a difference from you than those who are in the world. Because we walk with our armor and we are not afraid. We, we have a confidence about us and, and, and something peaceful comes from us as we speak to people and talk to people and, and, and nothing but love comes from us when we talk to people. People realize you are different than everybody else I know. Thank you. And then of course, guess what's gonna happen? I'm gonna say, do you know him? Do you know Jesus? Because he's the difference in my life. 